0: to the show, Feeling Well. I'm Ralph and I'm here today with- Lloyd, hey, how's it going guys? Fuck, this is the second episode in a row where I, I try to say, here today with, and I trip over my words. Anyway, we oh. got our first guest ever here. Uh, Oliver time. Lee Bateman. What's up? Oliver, welcome. Great to welcome.
1: have you. Welcome, glad, glad to be here.
0: Yes, so Oliver is a, a big muscles man. He has big, beautiful muscles. But he also wears glasses and writes articles. Mm-hmm. Both of those. Imagine that. It's just it's just a beautiful convergence of of uh, of ideals from from different different sides. And and many of the articles are about similarly muscled men. I understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, is this is, yeah, yeah. this is this true?
1: It's accurate. I mean, the, the Atlantic asked me to, to write an article that was basically about the convergence of wearing glasses and being muscled. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that, that's really what the article's about.
0: So I want to ask you some specific stuff, but before that, I'm gonna immediately make you wait because just something that happened today that I just want to address on the pod before I forget, I want to offer a public apology to someone if that's all right.
1: It's fine with me. And I mean, maybe, everybody- you,
0: yeah, maybe you and Lloyd can weigh in to say how wrong I was or not. So, so yesterday I tweeted something that I've since deleted. I tweeted. So apparently I need, quote, two letters of references to certify my good character, end quote, to buy a gun in New Cuck City. So who likes to write? So I tweeted that. (laughs) And what I presume is that if you know me, you know that the joke there, first of all, you know that it's a joke and you know that the joke is like. I made it really sound like I was looking into buying a gun. Uh-huh. Which like kind of reflects funnily on my persona. Sure. Like the joke is like I'm ironically making it seem like I'm an authentically unhinged person. We uh-huh. like might in- do something. Increasing horrible. desperation and yes. kind of building towards this crescendo yes. and Oliver, yeah. you get that? You get that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I I do, I do. These things happen.
0: Yeah. So, so but people got mad at you. Well, I got a text from one person, a friend of mine. Hmm. And she said, um, Ralph, why are you trying to buy a gun? She she, oh, she texted me. And I was trolling a little bit. I said, what's wrong with guns?" guns? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I just wanna know why, that's all. And I said, it was a joke tweet. And she said, Ralph, I have to know that you're not gonna buy a gun. Plus I don't get what's funny. And then I said, I'm not buying a gun. I tried to explain the joke. And this makes me sad because I, I like to think that my friends don't think that I'm like actually insane and capable of murdering people. I mean, you know, I, we talked about this last week. You know, because uh-huh. because you do have these moments when you kind of just feel this deep, unsettling rage. But that is that is why we have waiting periods, I suppose. You know, so that that simmering rage. Can Wait, kinda... so you don't think I would actually ever. I don't think. think Why would you say that? I think you'd punch someone. (laughs) I think you'd like, you know, start a confrontation in the street if somebody pissed you off. But I don't think you know that you'd do like a premeditated. Well, why'd you mention the waiting period thing? Because you know you can't. Never in a million years buy a gun. Like you can't. You can't like get mad, go to a gun store, buy a gun, and then act on that immediately. You know, you can't just kind of in a in a mist of rage do that. I wouldn't endeavor to do that in the first place. I would never even want to do that. So you're not even convinced? No, no. Like, hey. You're, you're, you're taking that out of context, Ralph, <laughs> I'm just saying. How you should have responded to me was like, no, Ralph, I know, you're just kidding. Obviously, you would never even consider buying a gun. But your response was, look, waiting periods exist for a reason. I think I think you, your best self, you know your your baseline stuff on self. my worst day i would never even consider buying a gun well sure oh sure but, God. but who can say I where really the depths have of to, rage can bring us i really have to reevaluate not, my life i'm not saying one thing or the other ralph i well anyway i followed up today i have like a uh, like a a, a toy gun that's like a leftover prop from a movie I made. And I just texted her a picture of me holding that Oh, gun. oh my God. <laughs> but then I said, I'm joking, I'm joking. And then she said, do I really have to explain to you why this isn't funny? And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she said, I'll always remember this. She said, please, I beg you, stop it. <laughs> So you know your posts are good when the feedback is a a 100% earnest. Oh, please, I beg you, stop it. (laughs) But I mean, come on! And also, like, I've hung out with her before, and you know, she, you know, I make jokes about 9/11, and she tries to like sneak in these little things, like, hey, you know, I really think you should go to the World Trade Center Museum. I was like, oh, I, I guess I. Could. I've never been. I'm like, why? And she was like, well, I just feel like it would really make you appreciate the gravity. It's like, I know 9 11 was bad. <laughs> I know better. That's why it's funny to me. And uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would an at risk person start a podcast? I don't, I don't, I think, don't so. think so. <laughs> Not Podcasters a are some of the most well adjusted people yes, in the world. We're, we are, you know, just enjoying this time together. But, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry to have alarmed you, uh, Carol, but everyone agrees that I'm perfectly normal and that I, I'm a, 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 a just I'm having a normal one anyway. What do you think Oliver? Is this is this fine?
1: I I think that uh Ralph Ralph I, I'd like to prescribe six or seven more viewings of Nanette for you so that you stop <laughs> making jokes okay because that's out. that's not cool you got to do the work.
0: I gotta I got some growing to do for sure yeah.
1: Yeah it's a growth moment do better. So
0: Oliver Uh, You and I met under uh, fairly unusual circumstances. I met you technically in Vienna, but we spent the majority of our time in Bratislava, Slovakia, and then later Cannes. I don't want to divulge too much about my place of work yet on the podcast, though I know it fascinates you. But in short, Oliver was uh, traveling with me and the company I work for to potentially write something about my boss involving uh, stem cell science and whatnot. But um, anyway, we wound up on a yacht with uh, Lindsay Lohan.
1: Yep, that's right. It's a big deal. Big time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like my boss is kind of this, um, you know, this this socialite, I guess. And one of his rich friends, we went on the yacht, and I was supposed to take pictures, and I was just kind of sitting, not doing my job at a table. And I think for that reason, and because I was relatively young, Lindsay Lohan falsely presumed that I must have been an important person because <laughs> she came up and said hello to me. Oh, she walked up to me and extended her hand and said, "Hi, I'm Lindsay," and I was like, "Oh, hello," you oh know. Oh my goodness! And then that's when I got my. That's when I peaked on Instagram and got my selfie. But
1: uh, sort of selfie, yeah. I mean, you you were the tallest man on the boat at that time.
0: Thank you, mm. thank you for that compliment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> anytime. So
0: we're to begin with you, Oliver. Did you meet Lindsay, Oliver? Did you? Uh... Uh, I was been-
1: it wasn't much to say okay uh,
0: she smoked a cigarette cool uh he's being modest oliver and i both fucked her actually so the last time i saw you was at a uh magazine launch party here in new york
1: media gathering a millennial media gathering
0: that's right that's right for mel magazine are you still involved with mel
1: Yeah, Yeah, I haven't done a piece for them in about a month, but that's my own fault. Uh, They're they're actually wanting the content, and I've just fallen behind due to my very boring day job. But yes, very much involved with them. I'm actually a contributing editor with them now rather than a contributing writer, but I have no idea what the distinction is.
0: I have to say, you, you tried to describe it to me at the time. I don't quite get what the theme of Mel is. You described it to me as a penis-themed magazine, and when I was there, there was like a lot of penis-shaped paraphernalia, and I, w- I wasn't sure what to make of it, but.
1: We were doing balloon art, and the, the phallus uh, balloon art that night. You know, you were, you were there, I was there. Lots of people trying to get work with this company. Sure. There. It was, it was unusual, to say the least. Uh, there was a lot of pizza there and uh, some alcohol. I don't know if it was good or bad. You, you could comment on that. Well,
0: I remember I got to meet your colleague um, who, had written, who had recently written an article about jelking. Yes! Or whatever you would call attaching weights to your penis in order to elongate Yeah, yeah,
1: that guy, that, that guy and he did it. He is a participatory uh, journalist. So he, and he, he told
0: me that he got like half a centimeter off it, that it actually worked. Is so that's there's hope for us yet, Lloyd? Wait, is that what <laughs> jelking is? It's it's attaching weights to the end I, I, of your penis. Jelking, I don't think, is the weights. That's something else. Jelking, I think, is just like massage and
1: exercises.
0: But he did something oh involving weights to elongate his penis as a bit. <laughs> as a bit. There's
1: coaches, there's coaches for this type of work. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and, and regained a, a bit of width, length, but not girth. It doesn't. You can't increase girth without implants.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, and Injections. That's, yeah, and that's a whole... I I, I would imagine that you don't want to mess around with the plumbing down there.
1: Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm no, not a few. I guess it depends on what you're going to use it for, but probably not.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, anyway... Sure. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Sure. I was just going to say, just as, as a starting point, I may be misremembering this, and I'm not trying to blow up your spot, but the last time we hung out, I seem to remember... You were trying to sell me on using steroids. Is that correct?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to get everybody on those. (laughs) But, really, you're a fairly tall guy. You're really really not doing yourself uh, justice by not being on those. Very true. You know, as as many other folks, including, uh, you know, the the person you met who was seven feet tall, uh, can tell you, they're a big help. Uh, You know, he's a longtime practitioner, really helped his height. Uh, help fill him out you know well, what,
0: what's what's your stance what's your stance on steroids in general and are steroids synonymous with human growth hormone that's another one of those, one of those you
1: know, two different two different chemicals uh, one uh, one simulates uh, like androgenic uh, you know produces uh, you know raises testosterone levels the other uh, the other simulates like a you know a hormone that is supposed to thicken bone lengthen bone et cetera. Uh, both seem to have the consequence of uh, raising cholesterol, raising blood pressure slightly, but if you're, once, you, once you've taken to the needle, you don't, uh, I don't think you're too concerned about that stuff anymore. Uh, works wonders, in, 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 especially in combination, the two things work wonders, um, and there's other like accessory drugs that you can throw in there and people do, uh, you know, asthma inhalers, these sorts of things. So, so
0: where do you stand on all this, personally?
1: Oh, I'd never use them—not in a million years. I've always <laughs> been my, you know, I want to live to a ripe old age. That's the big joke about all of this. Like, I cover all these people, I, I lift alongside them, uh, but I wouldn't touch that stuff in a million years. I mean, it's I'd like to I'd like to reach eighty or ninety and see how this all turns out. With the Is book. it
0: true? It shrinks your balls.
1: Uh, yes, supposedly so. I mean, it doesn't shrink the other thing, but it does shrink those. So that can actually, uh, I mean, if you read Juiced by Jose Canseco, you you learn that that's not a bad thing because it enhances the size of the other thing.
0: Oh, boy. So what 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 kind of turnaround are we talking? Like when you start using steroids, like how quickly do you start seeing results? It
1: depends on how big you are to begin with, what your diet's like, what your exercise is like. I mean, what mm. they really allow you to do, I mean, what what the additional secretion of like or the artificial secretion of testosterone allows you to do is train more often.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, it doesn't, I think it's a common misconception, people assume that the steroids themselves bulk you up, but they really just kind of give you, I guess, the wherewithal to work out a lot, right?
1: They puff, and most of them, most of them will puff you up a little bit too. A lot of, a lot of notorious steroid users, that, despite how cut they might appear, have very puffy faces, often like double and triple chins even. Uh, they're, they're mainly just a way to, to increase the recovery phase. Great hormone, right, because, as, as you've seen in your everyday uh, work, Ralph, uh, can, can actually improve your appearance uh, without uh, much exercise. And, and you know, that's, that's what I assume folks like Jeff Bezos, J.K. Simmons of uh, Oz fame, and Dr. Dre are using.
0: Oh, you think Bezos is juicing?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's clearly juicing. I mean, look, look at I mean, man's like man has elbows the size of people's knuckles. And then uh, suddenly, uh, in his late 50s, he has a gross, or mid 50s or whatever, he has a gross spurt. So, oh. I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of unusual.
0: So you think the hands are a tell?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, joint size. Joint size, uh, the size of the person when they were like 30 is a tell. I mean, look at Hugh Jackman at age 28, and Hugh Jackman at age 45 or 50, it's day and night. So now, how,
0: how widespread do you think steroids are with like celebrities and shit?
1: Mm, uh, depending on the role I think it's uh, I think it's unavoidable nowadays I don't think you can do one of those th- I know you love the MCU, uh, I know <laughs> the MCU uh, those are two of your favorites
0: yeah, yeah. for
1: whatever reason you know we, we want the uh, we want the explosions to be CGI but we want the muscles to be steroid induced so yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I guess that's probably going
0: to us, change you know, though with like the fucking the shit they use for like de-aging technology they're probably just going to like kind of like reconfabulate people's bodies wholesale in movies with technology eventually. Yeah. Uh, Ooh.
1: I mean, the actors would prefer that to the point where I guess they're retired and they don't have to act or get paid anymore or
0: even be alive.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't need them. No. Wait, I, mean, I want to go wanna, back I for get a second. John Reagan back in the movies. You know, get him in there, John Wayne, all the good ones. You know, I don't I don't need to see these new ones.
0: I want to see CGI Uncanny Valley Ronald Reagan suck off John Wayne.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's just a film. It's an art film.
0: Uh, Lloyd, you had a question? Wait, so were you saying that, I, I had no idea about this, were you saying that anabolic steroids make you taller? Is no, that what you no, said? No,
1: they, they have no impact on that whatsoever. Growth hormone, however, can increase, increase your glove size, your hat size, your shoe size. You see, they're bony protrusions. Oh. are going to grow. Oh you boy. Know, you ever, if you guys ever looked at the French angel, he looks like Shrek. It's a human being that had a, a he had a natural growth hormone deficiency that kept him body produced far more than he needed. Another example, Andre the Giant. Right? Oh, okay. These are people that had uh, George Muerson, who used to play for the, uh, the Washington Bullets, right, back when they were called the Bullets, not the, uh, the Wizards. Uh, all of these guys uh, have these like, long, these like, big, bony Abe Lincoln faces. Um, and that's, you know, Michael Phelps, the swimmer, supposedly uh, you know, suffers from acromegaly or Marfan Syndrome or whatever you want to call it. And you can induce that in yourself if you take a lot of growth hormone. I mean, Barry Bonds went up almost a hat size during his baseball career. Oof.
0: Yeah, and he's got like a, like a huge-ass head, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it be cool. You get, no he has like a size 8 hat now, and you could, you'd go from a size 7 to a size 8 hat. That would be a big deal. I think people would really like that. You know, big head, big shoes. People are going to think you are packing some heat down there.
0: Big head, big shoes, little balls. <laughs> fucked up emotional chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the most you can hope for.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you become much more exciting with all that stuff in play.
0: I'll say. Do, do a lot of people use both? Is that, a, is that fairly common? If they can
1: afford it. Yeah, a lot of people use as much as they can afford. And honestly, to me, I would definitely use if I could make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year off of the use. <laughs> Uh, it would be fine. It would be a good cost-benefit analysis. What gets me is the class of people who are basically like hustling or prostituting themselves or whatever uh, to to pay for their steroid habit, for, which gives them nothing because they're not winning anything and they're not athletes. And they're right. They just right. they just like big. It's very strange. Uh,
0: like, how much is an average steroid regimen? Like, how much does that cost?
1: Uh, you know, you can if you do it on the cheap. I mean, you're thinking you're thinking a couple hundred bucks every three months if you have the right connection. That's not that bad. Oh no, it might be a couple grand a year, but a lot of the guys that are, you know, heavily into using steroids are also heavily into training, and that that doesn't leave them a lot of time to be heavily into working or learning. Ah. Uh. So as a result, they, their income capacity, their earning income earning capacity might be a little lower and. You know, you, you gotta gotta make do. But now, if you're Dr. Dre, you can afford the Cadillac package. You know, constant blood tests. Uh, pro- yeah,
0: Dr. Dre is definitely looking like looking like an action figure these days. He's definitely he's done a
1: great job. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't do anything with it. It's not like he's in films or anything. But he's really turned it around. He used to be kind of chubby. He was in those big oh yes, uh, ...tents. You know, That had those those real nineties eighty late eighties early nineties fonts on them. Uh, but now he's he's always in tight uh, tight long sleeve shirt. No, yeah, he
0: used to have he used to have what I call a middle school chub for a long time, <laughs> but he's he's remade himself as uh, an uncanny valley muscles man. <laughs> um, but Oliver, uh, I, I'm forgetting the name of the term. Uh, I did no research for this, but isn't there like something that people refer to as like bigalemia or something, where it's like a form of body Big, dysmorphia? Or, uh,
1: I'm sorry. Bigorexia. yeah. yeah. The, the director Vlad Yudin, uh, a friend of mine, is. Uh, coming out with a film. I guess it'll be on Netflix. You know how these films go straight to Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Freeze, those ones, the ones everybody loves, and they just watch them and they 90 minutes long. But yeah, he's doing, a, he's doing a film on like the people that either can't lay off the steroids or can't stop injecting oil into their arms. Oh
0: no. What is oil? Oil? Oil just...
1: Yeah, people are, people are creating tumors that... What
0: do you mean oil?
1: Yeah yeah, the you know, site injection oil into the muscles. That oh. that's like the next step. But
0: well, what is the oil?
1: Uh, it can be any type of oil. It can be cooking oil. But like petrol? <laughs> uh, not not petrol, but cooking oil, olive oil potentially. Oh, uh, no. Any sort of oil. Uh, wouldn't that just Wouldn't that just kill you?
0: <laughs> like it, it would Eventually, go yeah, rancid if pretty you guys, quick.
1: If anybody's listening to this and they want to google, there i wrote about a Russian kid who uh, I didn't write about this part of it. I, he was still inflating himself when it happened, but they had to—they uh, had to slice out the muscly tumors that, that resulted from the uh, these injections to save his life recently.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: Uh, yeah, they called him the Russian Popeye. So if you Google that, um,
0: you'll <laughs> see the uh,
1: surgery to remove his fake muscles. Because again, they don't make you any stronger. They just make sure that you're gonna be a, like a back page feature. That
0: you just look bigger in a cartoonish fashion. And to be clear, just uh, just to restate it, so bigorexia, basically the same principle as any other form of body dysmorphia, someone who is never content no matter how thin they are. This is just someone who is who, who cannot be muscular enough.
1: That's right, that's right. They're, they're the type of people who in their minds, you need to be able to hear them coming long before you, you see them. You know, they have to be that big. Uh-huh. And, and I, I mean, it'd be interesting. I've always wondered what it would have been like to have bigorexia. I don't. I've always been, you know, I was either fat as a kid and thus big enough, or in high school just large enough to to do all the exercise things that you could do, so that people wouldn't call you a wimp. So I never got to experience bigorexia or, or feeling feeling weak or anything like that. It's kind of a shame. So I can't really access what they're they're thinking, but I. I guess it's interesting, it probably gives them something to do.
0: Well I wonder what causes that, because the thing with like, for it to be about getting bigger and bigger, like, you can only get so thin, but it's like, if you just want to get bigger and bigger, you're gonna look like, abnormal and like non-human, so like what could possibly motivate someone to want to pursue that, but I guess it's just, it's just the same bug, like, they don't see what you see.
1: I'd like to know what they do see. I mean, because you can get much bigger than you can get thinner. Because, you know, eventually you're just going to be a bag of balls. Right?
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like it's even more unnatural than being unnaturally thin. But I guess it's just the same principle. Like they're, they're seeing it with different eyes. It's it's just augmented by their psychology. But, you know.
1: Yeah, it must be fun. Like you look in the mirror. I'm sure it's very fun. i sure it's <laughs> very
0: <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all a prison Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm almost perfect. You know, you just every day. I I do, you know, I do hear bits and pieces from talking to some of these folks. Like, I I interviewed this one IFBB pro bodybuilder who recently had his leg amputated, not due to that, but due to kidney issues that could have been related to to drug abuse, steroid abuse. But in 2016, when I interviewed him, he told me, he was like, you know, every day I look at old photos of myself and I think I'll never be that again. Like, every day I'm getting further and further from that. I'm never going to come back. And then he came back the next year and he looked pretty good. He looked better than he did the year before, but not as good as he did in his prime in the 90s. And then last year he began having uh, renal problems and, and finally they had to amputate his leg. Oh my God, who? So he's never going to look the same. And well,
0: he's going to be down one leg, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's already down one leg. It's gone, you know. So he's running a GoFundMe or someone's running it for him. Uh, that, that's a big way to raise money for health care in the country sure now, you know, you go fund me some stuff you know uh, but yeah I, I wonder what he thinks every day like like because you're gonna hit a point that this guy explained to me he hit a point like in 1997 or 98 where he looked as good as anyone he's ever seen in his whole life
0: okay what does good mean here
1: i don't know just just in terms of bodybuilding judging standards sure okay sure he so he looked as good as anyone he believed has ever looked. But he still didn't win the Mr. Olympia. He never defeated Roddy Coleman. A lot of people thought he should have, but he never did. But, he, you know, in his mind, he looked as good as anyone who ever lived. How interesting that must be to think that for a brief period of time, you looked as good as anyone who ever lived. You're a god. You're a god. Yeah. You've, uh, you've ascended, but also to be a god and know that within weeks, for months, your, your god godhood
0: can be taken from you. Oliver, this is exactly how I feel every time I record this podcast. <laughs> I pick up the mic, I put on the cans, and I think I'm a I'm a fucking god. I'm a I'm a I'm a divine supreme being on earth. You know, and and it's a big come down every time I I close out the audition file. But you know, yeah, you
1: peak. You know, in yeah. that moment, you're in the zone. I can feel that.
0: I feel like I'm i'm like i'm a i'm like i exist outside of history you know i'm like dr manhattan standing on the surface of the sun you know i i I really i'm like it's wild that no one else can recognize that i contain more power than anyone else in the universe i am i am beyond a king i am a podcast god i am a i'm a fucking and i just marvel at myself i'm a god I'm a god.
1: I think you're accessing the mindset of this. Yeah, I
0: think I'm tap. I tap into something eternal and supreme and bright and blinding, and and I and I, 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 I understand that man, you know, and how I think that man feels is that you know he looks down at his one legs and he thinks, <laughs> and, he, and this is what he thinks. I'm going to tell you, as someone who feels a kinship with him, uh, I think he thinks it was worth it.
1: I think he does. Yeah. I oh no, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> most oh. of these guys for five minutes. To, to be for five minutes to be stronger than all of the army. King for a day.
0: King for yeah. a day is worth being a peg leg for the rest of your life. No, no, Take wait. it from me. Oliver, so to so to clarify, Mr. Universe, it's not it's not like a strength competition, it's just like looking It's a pageant. The best. It's, it's a pageant, a pageant.
1: yeah. Had, uh, back in the day, Mister America, which was an er- one of the original of these competitions in the U.S., although there were earlier ones that were just sort of one-offs, but Mister America, which was sponsored by the AAU, you know, the thing that still sponsors, ba- you know, does youth basketball and all these sorts of things, the Amateur Athletic Union, would sponsor Mister America, and the guys would have to compete in weightlifting, some kind of like powerlifting by forty standards, and then then actual muscle flexing. Oh boy. but by the 1950s it was clear that the people only wanted to see they were coming for the flexing the largely male <laughs> almost 100 percent male viewing audience was coming for the flexing not coming for the clean and jerk you know not coming for the overhead press and so you know when joe weeder broke away and started the mr olympia under his uh, international federation of bodybuilding uh egos the thing was we're gonna just do the pageants. We're not gonna have any more weights. We're not gonna have any more power lifting. We're just gonna judge them on their bodies.
0: It's how how close do they approximate that Herculean ideal? Uh
1: I, I given that that like no one alive when those like old myths were being created could have probably conceived of what they look like. That's
0: that's ironic and actually true, yeah, because it's like no one had like like that much access to like protein or whatever and so it's like yes it is actually true that people are bigger than they've ever been I guess it's like yeah, beer. I mean, in such
1: a way that you know, you, you people had seen ripped bodies in the you know the, the good old days, uh, the Greek and Roman days. I mean, people did exercise or had to, or mainly just did work in ways that were forced to sort of train them up in ways you could. But to do have like,
0: like yeah, to have like a cosmetically precise muscular body is an extremely recent phenomenon. Yeah, to be to be cut and like have that kind of muscle definition and not yeah, have yeah. the the requisite layer of fat. And, you know, well, I was just the ideal was, male body. I was just I was just being, you know, engaging in a little literary color. You know, you don't have to. I'm sorry. Everyone doesn't Ralph. have to fact check me. But uh oh, Yes. That is true. Well, my only knowledge of this comes from the great documentary Pumping Iron, which introduced uh, the world to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in which he describes, you know, not only that uh, he viewed his body basically as a canvas. I'm going to enlarge this muscle and that. But of course, famously talking about how exercising felt like coming and that he was coming all the time, coming all day.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, A heavily scripted documentary uh, as the, the the like director's cut and all the retrospectives. I think all the best ones are. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I, but I, and I think actually the fact that it was cut the way that it was even if like the rivalries and battles and so on that you see in there weren't actually how they played out. Uh I think it still captured the spirit of bodybuilding much more than just literally filming now. I think it captured the spirit yes of that weirdness
0: the ecstatic truth of it, yeah.
1: We ate that up. You I
0: know? mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, have you ever I seen it? Arnold Schwarzenegger I have. is I very have. charismatic. Yeah. It's
1: probably his best role oh, ever. Oh,
0: he's a fucking star, dude. I love him in that movie.
1: He, he never
0: reaches that level of charisma ever again. It a master troll. You know what I found out this week? Apparently, last year, a movie that I assume went nowhere came out. I think about the founding of. I don't. I, I don't know what it was, but it's like about these two guys who were. I don't know devising something like they want it was something about like them innovating something to do with bodybuilding and Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a supporting character like the someone plays Arnold Schwarzenegger and they have this like huge random actor who looks a lot like him but not quite doing the voice and being in it I was looking at clips on YouTube I think it might be called bigger is the name of this like completely ignored movie, but it is fucking uncanny as fuck, this guy playing Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is so weird and bad and wrong. But um when you when you pump to use their word, is it comparable to coming to ejaculating, as Arnold says?
1: No, no, absolutely not. Come on. Not not in the least.
0: Never maybe you're not driving yeah, okay. hard enough.
1: I, I can tell you what it, it is it is comparable to. I, I used to unload pallets from the back of trucks. And uh, finishing up a workout is like finishing up unloading the, the pallets from the back of the truck.
0: So just pain.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was work. I mean, it was work. You know, if you lifted right, you were still tired at the end. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really, I've never gotten any of the effects that any, but then again, I'm not, I'm not on any of the stuff that any of them are on. But I've never gotten any of the effects. I, I, I feel pretty healthy. You know, I, I, I'm pretty still flexible at, at my age, still strong, but, like, no, I've never finished a workout where I had that. I finished a workout and been like, man, I'm gonna sleep good tonight. And actually, sleep is preferable to anything for me right now.
0: So to be clear, so. no, 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 When you do a um, t- uh, a, 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 a set, it's it's not yes. or it's not orgasm like euphoria.
1: No, no, i I, okay. I don't I don't think I have enough of an ego either. I, I if I was more attracted to myself rather than like that's
0: probably a big part of it
1: like that. It's I, probably I, like Arnold
0: getting turned on by himself is part yes. of where that's coming from, yeah, for sure.
1: I think for all of them, I think they would all love to ideally, I mean, regardless their sexuality is irrelevant. I think they're just it's just a kind of. They would immediately marry their clone, They would, or something, they would cohabitate with their clone.
0: Oh yeah, and it's almost hack to say, but there's like clearly like, you know, like a homoerotic undercurrent to it all, but the people that they want to be homoerotic with is themselves. They want to fuck their imagined perfect self.
1: Or have it go the other way. Again,
0: like myself, I want to be two gods merging (laughs) in the heavens, two podcast moguls. Oh boy. Yes, I don't really ideally. Know
1: why, like, Bezos hasn't tried to clone himself and raise? He probably him has his child, and then one Look day take his him. child as his wife or husband. Yes,
0: yes. It he wouldn't just, matter. It he wants a Thanksgiving Day table of just. His bald selves, and it ends with just a gratuitous orgy. Just all of them, just all of their beet red, shiny heads, just 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 spasming into each other, thrusting, oh, and just 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 uh, just a lot of a lot of ejaculate and convulsing. And this is the future billionaires want. That's, That's right. Billionaires That's right. want to clone themselves, so they can have an orgy with themselves. <laughs> In my view. <laughs>
1: I mean, why would you what would you what are you going to do with all the billions besides that? I mean, I know some of them want to clone their dogs or, or
0: Absolutely. Yeah, fuck that. No, I, I I sympathize with that. It's like if you had that much money, eventually you'd be like, "Why am I not cloning myself to fuck myself?" You know? Yeah.
1: No one else could do it.
0: Mhm. So, Oliver, if, so I I you've been lifting since high school, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, since I've been about 13 or 14, you know, it's always been a big thing in my uh, my family. You know, they've all been lifting, you know, uh-huh. pumping iron.
0: So it just kind of, it was like a family tradition for you. Like you you played sports in high school, presumably. Yeah, all so of those. it's just been a regular thing for you. So for you, it was hmm. never about like improving yourself. Like you were never in a place where like I look bad. I need to yeah, live better. Yeah,
1: story. The story that you know, like you look in the mirror and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm some scrawny wimp. I've I really got a really got to pump iron so that I can get the girl, uh-huh. guy, or whatever or person uh, that you want to get. But no, never had that. Never. That's. I feel like
0: that's not what anyone really. I mean, not not anyone, but the people who like have bigorexia or anorexia, it doesn't really stem from wanting to impress other people. It's just this like kind of paralyzing solipsism, I think. I, I really think that's true. It isn't like, I want to get the girl or the guy. It's just this like kind of weird, unattainable other thing.
1: Well, like the, the bodybuilding like, central myth, uh, that core myth of Charles Atlas being real puny and getting pushed and having sand kicked in his face, then, been doing some push-ups and going back and punching out the guy that kicks sand in his face and immediately taking the girl—that's that, very strange. I don't know that that's even happened in like the pre-me-too era. I don't think that that was occurring all that much, you know, where you <laughs> you furiously worked out for six months, came and simply beat a man down in front of the person he's dating mm-hmm. and just took that person as your property. I'm not sure. Well, I have, I have
0: done that. I have done that, but it's oh. true. I would say it's uncommon. Yeah.
1: Very. Very uncommon outside of, like, you know, Genghis Khan times or
0: something. Or, or, or godlike podcast moguls, yeah, I would say so, yeah.
1: You just take what you want, you know, the Patreon money rolls in. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so who's the most gruesomely roided out person you've known personally?
1: But I've met personally.
0: Feel free to say their full name and address, it's, it's cool. I mean, I met,
1: I've met Ronnie Coleman, but I've met Who's him. that? He like Universe. seven time, oh, okay. eight oh. time, Mr. Olympia, you know, there's, oh, a, there's a documentary of him on Netflix, uh, also a Vlad Yudin documentary, of how crippled up he is nowadays. Because, you know, he lifted real heavy, you know, we were like, we don't know if the bodybuilders lift heavy or not. Well, he did, you know, he lifted heavy with no off days, uh, you know, way too much volume, way too many reps. Uh, what was he
0: like in person? Paints a picture.
1: Uh, he was still he had the big bulbous veins coming out of shrunken arms uh, skin flaps were hanging uh, he was in a wheelchair he still mm. had visible abs and was wearing a tank top
0: so he was hot in other words
1: yeah, of course <laughs> I mean he was close to perfection. You know,
0: just a- he was that Herculean ideal, yeah, shriveled and unable to use his legs, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. He had God. he had very like they they were almost like like they would once been the largest legs in the history of bodybuilding, you know, on that stage. But now they were they were shriveled up into almost like pipe cleaners that he had to walk on. He he can walk with the two. Uh, you know, there's two things they put on in front, and they, they they you know they throw that out in front of themselves, and they kind of like go from side to side. He can walk like that.
0: Oh Jesus, that's so weak.
1: Very, uh, yeah, I hate yeah, yeah. This was about once that. the world's most perfectly developed man, like eight years. Folks, ago.
0: that's what it takes. Yep. Sometimes you have to destroy yourself to touch greatness. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> I started this podcast from a very dark place, you know, but I thought, you know what? I'll be the martyr the world needs. I will, I will destroy myself to deliver premium content to 18 people with this podcast. I accept that. I accept that on my shoulders. Someone has to make the fucking sacrifice just to give people a glimpse of what human beings are capable of. Just to give people a glimpse of greatness. What did you say? You wanted to scatter yourself across the surface of the world. Yes. Yes. I want to become just energy that is scattered across the surface of the matrix. Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you very much, Lloyd. That was a part of my manifesto on the first oh. episode. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so reducing I well.
1: then, reducing then Ralph, uh, reducing yourself to pure podcast energy.
0: Yes. Mm. I am become content. I just, I just want to be only the <laughs> podcast, only my tweets. You want me to play Luigi man, Luigi's mansions three <laughs> Luigi on, man. on, on Twitch. I'll do <laughs> okay. that. I We'll said Luigi. I'll him. cam. You want to you just watch me beat off while I make witty remarks? I'll do my best. I'm, I'm here for it. My, my threshold has been demolished. I've already started the podcast, so plug me in. Fuck it's it. here. Yeah. It's happening. Yes.
1: If you could get that energy to a state where it could simultaneously advertise me on these and be on Twitch and be camming, mm-hmm. then, then you, would, you would have achieved it. I mean, if, if your physical body could be gone at that point, you wouldn't need it. Your bo- fuck
0: fuck my physical body. It's
1: worthless, you know.
0: <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. So uh, Oliver, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, you write a lot about what we'll call for lack of a better term, hot take culture. By which I mean, we we all know what it is, be it uh, a random moron on Twitter, or a moron who's for some reason paid to write for a magazine. It's basically like the seeming one-upmanship of, of trying to come up with the most, I suppose you would say controversial perspective on a subject or the most novel or, or what have you, you know? It's like, uh, how, how would you describe it, Lloyd? Well, um, um, like,
1: give me a nutshell, like, like... You just grab like Jessica Valenti, right? And you like you know you, you get her get her coffeeed up, and then she goes out and sits in front of a keyboard and produces how Hillary Clinton is better for women than Bernie Sanders. Boom! It's out there, and everyone reacts to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a true take. It's not a perfect take, but it's getting us there.
0: Sure, but that's at least a take that has like an ideological motivation. But I would describe a hot take as just some. Well, how would you well, describe? very intentionally inflammatory, like yes. something that is. Kind of designed consciously or not to really gin up a lot of, mm-hmm. yes. lot of feelings. So what I wanted to ask you because me and Lloyd get mad on Twitter every day, every damn day, at hot ah, takes every day. Yeah, oh. yeah. But you have you have an insider perspective because you've you've been behind the scenes of what I'll call the hot take factory.
1: I've been toiling. I toiled in there for when you met me. I was I was just I was making plans to exit it.
0: You were in the hot take mines. So what I wanted to ask you was, I guess, kind of a two pronged question. Uh, I uh, uh, so okay. First part is when people write these hot takes, how how sincere is it? How often is it sincere? how cynical is it maybe? What, what's the deal there? What's the ratio? I think it
1: depends on the writer. I know some writers and I, in fact, I you know, message back and forth with them, feeding them ideas or, or assisting them, you might say. But have you known people who are
0: just like completely cynically, just completely detached, trying to like comprise a take that is hot for the sake of being hot?
1: Well, yes. You have? <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's, there's many, many. Just Google some, some legendary hot takes. Like, you know, uh, it's great that Miss Piggy left Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you're telling me the person who wrote that wasn't, wasn't operating from a sincere place? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when they have six other hot takes coming out that week uh, with oh, different, uh, you know, different outlets. Uh, and, just, and they're talking to you about different hot takes that, you know, we can sort of gin up. Probably not. I would say probably not. See,
0: like, I can, here's the thing, like I can appreciate the joys of like being a contrarian, but to like completely perjure yourself and just like not give a shit, just like, like, especially if you're like a journalist, like, you know, your name is attached to this article, but it's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna say the most inflammatory thing I can say, not even because I think it's funny, but because I want to attract a maximum amount of eyeballs to it. I can't imagine being that kind of person.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you just think about it, Ralph. You've got to put yourself in the right mindset where you can go on and say, like, you know, why Zero Dark Thirty is a better movie than Wings of Desire.
0: I fucking hate Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> it doesn't
1: matter. A woman directed it, Ralph. That's my <laughs> <laughs> You're Check. And Damn it.
0: I've been checkmated again. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm canceling Wim Wenders. He's canceled.
0: <laughs> but that's what it is. The portrayal of sex work in Paris, Texas is abominable.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a very problematic movie uh, that, that, and, you know, like he's trying to save- The her.
0: age gap between Stanton and the woman, ugh.
1: Oh, and that speech he gives, that's total mansplaining.
0: I can't even! I have another question. Have you ever written a hot take in bad faith such as that? I, I-
1: I've gotten close to it. I, I wrote one piece for Teen Vogue uh, about how old TV shows are problematic, and I tried to slip a real take in the back door. It, you know,
0: so like, you're trying to nice smuggle a real take into a cynical, oh, uh, yes. paper thin, uh, hot take.
1: <laughs> That's right. It took a year <laughs> to publish this. It's a thousand words. It went back and forth in edits for a year. I
0: mean, a year for movies. one article on Teen Vogue?
1: That's right, for 150 bucks. Oliver,
0: I'm oh. beginning to think that oh. uh, being a professional journalist is not a very lucrative or a rewarding profession. Sounds like a bad time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the albums that seem to get the most exposure pay the least. That's why everyone was clustered at that mail party, because they pay actual money for their features.
0: Right, uh, a novel idea, uh, yeah.
1: Company money, you know, some script uh, Amazon gift cards. That-
0: $150? So you wanted to do this just for exposure?
1: I wanted to see. I mean, mostly I have good outlets lined up, but, uh, you know, if I'm writing for the- Yeah, because you have
0: write for, like, The Ringer and The Paris Review and The Atlantic and you know, shit.
1: The Paris Review doesn't pay well at all, but The Ringer pays really, really well. The Atlantic has started paying better, but they're still nowhere near what You hear Ringer that,
0: Bill Simmons haters? Is. Apparently it pays very
1: well. <laughs> I know that there was a fight over the union over there. I was I, indifferent to that because I'm a 1099 worker for them, but they're the best, one of the best paying and fairest uh, outlets. Well, there
0: used to be Grantland, and that, that, that does genuinely seem like a labor of love, that whole project over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's got, a, it's got backing from a bunch of different things. I think HBO backs it in some way. It can, you can't call it, the, you can call it, it's, it's the successor to Grantland, it truly is, and I knew some of those people, so that's how I, I got into writing for them. But it's not technically the, the successor to Grantland because ESPN owns the Grantland ar- archives and controls it because of the way that that arrangement was set up.
0: Yeah, but it seems like the same spirit. The only thing I don't like about the Ringer is that like, do you have to pretend that every TV show is good and warrants fucking the thirteen articles? Yeah, yeah I,
1: I won't. I'm not going to be writing those uh, those things for them. I, I don't like the premium TV route. Well,
0: I know you're not a TV writer. I'm just I'm just doing a general.
1: They, they seem to be. They seem to be. I think because it possibly because of the HBO. No, that's the bread
0: and butter. I think is the TV shit. But yeah,
1: people love TV summaries. I, I don't know why. I, I you know whether they're with the Onion AV Club and they're like AV Club big
0: politics. time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, trying to inject politics into their Ducktales episode summaries. <laughs> they are. Uh, like, why, why would anyone read TV summaries? It's like the last thing I want to read.
0: I just thought of a random question because you mentioned Ducktales. <laughs> We're all gonna answer it. Uh, who's who's the animated character you've been the most sexually attracted to in your life? Who? Oh <sighs> boy. Um, I'll answer first while you guys think.
1: Bluto in drag. <laughs> in the old uh, the old Fleischer cartoons. Bluto uh,
0: Popeye's nemesis if if, if 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 memory serves. Is that right? <laughs>
1: It's unclear the plot of that particular episode is very strange but uh, you know it involves working out at the gym and uh, for some reason that that's a key plot line and it, it's only notable because my my father pulled me aside to explain to me that every boy mm-hmm. has these feelings about that character
0: <laughs> every single one
1: <laughs> every one I was going to say I was going
0: to say my, my lifelong crush uh Bulma from Dragon Ball uh, many times as a middle schooler, beating off to the manga. But uh, what about you, Lloyd? Oh God, this is a tough one. Like I, I did not have a lot of access to cartoons. What? When I was growing up. Oh, on the beet farm? Yeah. As a boy? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, <laughs> so I was watching like Sesame Street, like Wishbone. Mm-hmm. Um, Lloyd's going to pick something exceedingly tasteable. What would be the most tasteful animated character to be attracted well, to? I, the one that came to mind and yeah. the one that is probably not very objectionable is like Kitty Pride from the X-Men Evolution series. <laughs> not familiar. On Describe Cartoon Network. Her. You know, like... For a 16 year old boy, like she's also 16. And <laughs> 16 is up there, Lloyd. You know? Um, <laughs> again, th- all you had were crops. Oh, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what was that even? I. There was like was the, there was like the walls, Night Elf right? from her, World of Warcraft. Gimmick. She phases through walls. No, she phases through walls? Is that the same ex? Yes, that's, person? that's the one. Shadow Cat is the. Like the, like that's the name. X-Men name. I yeah. like
1: the name. I, I like the name better than the person. I like the idea of a shadow cat. More like Shadow, shadow Gash.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Ralph, please. <laughs> you demean us all.
1: <laughs> Ralph, I want to know why you prefer Bulma to Chi-Chi. Dude, you
0: get the fuck reason. out of here.
1: Everyone's get the
0: fuck out of here. Look, I like... I like brunette launch, I like launch, but dude, Bulma every time, Ch- Chi Chi is a is a shrew and a prude, yeah. Bulma's Everybody a fucking freak, she dog, she fucking shows her pussy to Master Roshi like that, you know, that's that's what I like. Is Bulma the, like the blonde? Flash, though, no, right? Bulma, Bulma is, is the one is the with the blue, blue hair. The blue hair. He, he doesn't he know a... Dragon Ball. Jesus, not just oh, Oliver! I inspired you to write an article about Dragon Ball. Can you speak to that?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, that was at least a piece. I,
0: I gave piece. him a take. You gave him I, a I take. I gifted him a take. Please go on. it was a good take on
1: Goku's uh, unusual gender blindness. He's
0: gender blind. He is. He's a gender neutral character. Because in the very beginning of Dragon Ball, and for those of you who don't know, Dragon Ball Z uh, is is is. is It started with Dragon Ball, which came out in the 80s, but for whatever reason, uh, for America, they took the section where Goku's an adult and made a Dragon Ball Z and imported it to the US. But at the very beginning of the story, Goku is a kid, and through chance, he meets Bulma and he had never encountered a woman before in his life and while Bulma's asleep, he does what he calls a pat-pat. He pats her crotch and realizes that she doesn't have any male genitalia and he's befuddled, he doesn't understand. Goku literally has no conception of sexual difference or gender. He like grew up in this weird void and it kind of offhandedly speaks to the notion that gender is a social construct, but Oliver, go on.
1: But, but he never really does learn what it is. He doesn't, no. Even with, his, even with Chi-Chi, she sort of just like takes him over.
0: And it's such a rich text because Goku's mentor is Master <laughs> Roshi, whose primary trait is that he's overwhelmingly horny, but Goku <laughs> has not a shred of horniness in his body. He's the least horny character in fiction. So it's a really rich text.
1: I mean, if you read the comics, in fact, uh, you know, Krillin, Krillin, Krillin reacts uh, to Ma- Master Roshi's uh, horn dog ways. Oh, Krillin's also horny. Yeah, he is. He's a bit of a creep.
0: Uh, but and he ends up fucking Android 18 who is also hot but not as hot as Bulma in her prime
1: and much more powerful than him uh, Apparently
0: um, no. Uh, yes, Android 18. I can confirm is much more powerful than crone Yeah, I
1: don't think that go uh, I don't think that Goku ever corrects master Roshi. He never he never tells him to stop But he also doesn't seem to know what he's
0: doing well no, He doesn't because Goku has no sexual knowledge, so he doesn't realize <laughs> when master Roshi is being a perv.
1: I think it, I think he's a good lesson type of character for all of us now. I mean, we're, we're Goku is woke.
0: Goku is woke.
1: We're we're in a lot of gender trouble right now, but he's already gone beyond uh, beyond any gender or he maybe he's before any gender, but one way or the other he's outside of it. That's
0: well, it's fucked up that he has such a poor understanding of social mores that it's like a joke in um, the early going that he like pats everyone on the crotch, like that is sexual assault. But like in his heart of hearts, he is, he, he, he is woke by today's standards in his understanding of gender and sexuality.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he should have been taught, pulled aside and taught about consent, of course, uh, probably via a hot take in the New York Times or something like that. But other than that, because it's coming from a place of uh, no understanding. Yes, you really can't say you really can't hold it against him. He seems to know nothing and I think that's that's a perfect with a blank slate Well,
0: if I had the seven magic dragon balls, I would wish to go back in time and and and, and school Goku on his uh, His 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 more problematic tendencies But Oliver well, geez w- I really have to like come up to speed on Dragon Ball if I'm gonna continue to participate in this <laughs> podcast.
1: Like, this is a major weakness. I am just sitting on the sidelines today. here. I got nothing. I'm
0: sorry, Lloyd. Watch it. Oliver, let's think, who would Lloyd be in the Dragon Ball universe? Oh boy. Someone responsible. Maybe, hmm, mm. maybe Piccolo. Mm. Well,
1: uh, he, but he's a, he's a bad guy, though. He's
0: a bad is Piccolo guy. a bad guy? No, he Piccolo? becomes a good guy. Lloyd. He becomes one of the goodest of
1: guys. He becomes like an average guy. He becomes
0: like a mentor guy. No, Oliver, you're wrong. He becomes one of the Z fighters very early in Z. Is he the the, the green alien? with? He's the uh... green alien, but he's also coded as black, so it might be problematic oh. if Lloyd is Piccolo. Yeah, problematic. Um, maybe Tien... Is he? Sh- is he wait. You're yeah, saying, yeah, there he is you saying is Piccolo, Tien the green is, alien, Tien is coded is as black. Briefly. I'm not going to get into it on this episode, but I swear to God yes. Oh, boy. Well, maybe Tien Shinhan. Maybe Tien Shinhan. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea who that is. Okay, I was there anyway, pick- Oliver, your general gripes about this hot take culture, do you care to bloviate?
1: Oh, I, I mean, I, I find it fascinating. There's whole careers that, that consist uh, of nothing but issuing takes. I mean, major millennial media figures and even some older media figures can just get online and, you know, churn out these takes. And that seems to be their entire body of of work. They're they're kind of to writing what the the Marvel, uh, the MCU is to filmmaking. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a death of any any kind of sincerity.
0: Just an impassive, yeah.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Because, like,
0: I have spent so many hours just quietly in a room with all the lights on, privately being mad at a tweet. But at this junction in my life, I feel like you got to wake up pretty early in the morning to craft a take that actually makes me mad. And I'm wondering if we've, like, crossed the river. Is it even possible—and, Lloyd, you can answer this, too—is it even possible to have a properly hot take anymore? Or has it become so saturated that it's just all desensitized, it's all relative? Well, for like my part, going? I I see like a lot of a Have lot of, we reached like the what's the word? Uh, like just like hot take singularity, you know? It's like <sighs> I mean, I think I think hot takes are kind of formulated as as traps for like bringing out like bad responses to hot takes, like trying to trying to reveal some kind of implicit bias in in the responder's reaction. To this hot take and like that is used as additional grist for the hot take mill. Sure. Um, but have we reached a point where you could no longer create a take that that really makes a dent? Because I feel like we've seen the hottest of takes. We've seen people that have tried to include pedophiles and in the queer movement <laughs> and this and that. Like, like is there really uh, uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I mean I would Like for for that example, I don't think that's ever been done in a good faith way. Like that's that's always been. I mean, that is the question. Uh huh.
1: But I'm assuming... Somebody will roll that take out. If it hasn't been done in semi-good faith, it'll be done eventually. There's somebody sitting behind the keyboard waiting for, that, waiting for that ball to drop. And it doesn't matter if
0: it's in good or bad faith. It's been posted. I'm saying, is there like a hot take you can post that still registers as a hot take after all this hot takery?
1: There's no, there's no take that, that's hot enough to heat me up at this point.
0: No, me neither. Want... Yeah, I'm wondering if that's the consensus. Yeah. I
1: don't know about Lloyd, though. I mean, Andy Lloyd can still be upset with a take. When was the
0: last time uh, you were scandalized by a take? When I was upset with a take, um, yeah. huh. I mean, so, you so know, you can't I, remember off the top of your head. I think, I think, like the kind of hot take we're talking about. I mean. Oliver you brought up like Jessica Valenti, people like this who are kind of they they that one that went viral what was that one that went viral that it was like if a friend is asking you for help but you don't have the space the the emotional availability bandwidth you know what's hilarious about that. that is that like it used to be like the very earnest people I was aware of would say things like you know have you done something good for someone today or always remember you never know what someone's going through and I'd be like yeah yeah I know I know but now the very earnest people People are like, um, uh, being nice to your friends is low-key toxic. And I'm just like, oh, oh all right, what? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, I don't get it's mad gosh, at that it's stuff. It's
1: emotional labor.
0: It's emotional exactly. labor. Exactly. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on the discourse right. of emotional labor. But, Lloyd, what was it's your point? The, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, that that is, is it is the incorrect definition of emotional labor. And a lot of this stuff kind of gets churned up and, you know, brought into the, the, the politics of people who don't have... A lot of scruples, and yeah, it, and it becomes ammunition for. I also think it's a minority of people who are very online. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get mad at this stuff. I, I kind
1: of recognize it as a grift well. pretty quickly. You're, and too much like, of a wi- ah, you're
0: too much of a, wizened online sage. I'm afraid so. I, 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 I am denied the thrill of, of anger. At uh, <laughs> denied even of the thrill I know, of anger. I, know. I feel wow. nothing. Oof. It's dark. God. It's dark, let me tell you. So why could don't go we back. close this out with a game? A game? I want us to take turns, lightning round, <laughs> trying to come up with hot takes. <laughs> who wants to go first? Ooh. I got
1: one, I go. got one. Everyone should sit down to pee, except for people who have, are not cis males. Like if you, <laughs> oh, if you have had the procedures to pee standing up, you can do it, everybody else needs to sit.
0: Interesting. So, like, as an act of solidarity, okay. Mine, mine is um, uh, only a mayo-ass white boy would co-sign uh, uh, the politics of 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 of, of race mixing. Uh, only they would have the audacity. To, to expect a POC to race, mis- race mix with their colonizer ass, uh, the politics of race mis- mixing is controlled by white people. And you have to imagine that being said by a white woman on Twitter, Lloyd. Um, if, you're, if you're a white male and you don't take steroids, you are denying yourself the potential to protect you know, POCs and women. Very and so that's, true. So that's kind of messed true. up. Very true. You're doing a disservice if you're not if you're not juicing. Yeah. yeah. To better defend against uh, the bad ones. The bad ones. That's yeah. exactly right. Oliver, you got another one on the docket?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got another one here. The, the only way to show that you truly have no genital preference transphobia is to just only have sex with genitals that you are not attracted to while pretending they are the ones that you like. Hmm. Okay,
0: okay, a little wordy. Uh, mine's
1: basically you've got to go if you like one, you've got to go for the other, but pretend it's the one you like.
0: Okay, uh, I'll say that uh, Saudi Arabia is good.
1: Ooh, nice. <laughs> people over there, they got the colleges, you know, the mm-hmm. sand. They got the
0: orb. They got the sword dance.
1: Check <laughs> like the sheets. All of it.
0: And I'll simply say this has been the Feeling Well Podcast. <laughs> This has been a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Oliver, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at OliverBateman.com, at Mustache Club US on Twitter, and in the pages, virtual pages of The Ringer and Mel Magazine, and the actual pages of next month's Men's Health, where I'll have an article in there about asking for help.
0: All right, and you can follow us uh, on Twitter at FeelingWellPod. You can follow Lloyd at VoidHowler. You can follow me at PLS, God Help Me PLS, and at Ralph Moffatone on Instagram. Uh, Oliver, thank you very much for being our first ever guest. I'm waiting for you to say oh, it was a pleasure, Ralph. It's uh, <laughs> I'm uh, sure he had a great time. And uh, Lloyd, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Ralph. Bye, folks. <laughs>